Hi everyone, I'm Kitsune. Today on the podcast, we're joined by our very own producer V, aka Purpose Unknown. What started as an impromptu recording session together turned into a very vulnerable and real conversation about things that were near and dear to both of us, from things like personal identity, finding acceptance, finding catharsis through art, and even a little bit of, uh, you know, milady discourse because we want to remain topical. I had a real genuine pleasure talking with V and I feel very lucky that I get to work with a person who is so open and so ready to have difficult and in-depth conversations. Going forward, V will be joining me as a co-host for the podcast. As always, if you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, and leave us a review if you can. Without further ado, here's V. You know, for the folks at home who didn't hear it, like we we talked about you know car, talked about car talk for like fifteen stone cold minutes about why car talk is the best show of all time, and and I will actually say I think this show is vaguely car talk esque, um, crypto talk. That's yeah, because well, except instead it's flip it. So like why car talk is interesting is you're listening to like two people talk about cars and you don't have to know about cars. We're two people who don't know about crypto. Uh, my metaphor is falling apart in front of my very eyes. Right, right. we're crypto adjacent. Yeah, we're we're like the inverse. We're yeah. autistic car talk. It's... Yes. So you're call you're calling in today, and you posted hentai on the timeline, and you only got five likes, and you're looking at this this fucker carnation, and you're going, well, how do they get hundreds of likes on posting? I'm posting hentai. Is that what I'm hearing? Is that what I'm hearing? The problem out there is <laughs> that should be a call in. Yeah, fuck. It's it's like every time I get an idea for a segment and then I forget to do it. It's like we should do an episode, a call in episode with Carnation. Um, oh, that's like a lewd <laughs> advice office hours on like how to get lewd posting right. Oh man, I, I should have asked about that. I literally. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, that's I skirted around it in the first episode. You like we talked about this in the promo which is funny to record a promo and then now record us having a conversation, but like, you know, not having an idea of what the show is about. And I think in that first episode, I was trying to be like serious to a degree. And I like tried to ask intelligent questions and I tried to like do a real intro when like, honestly, I should have just been like, so you post a lot of um, uh, Japanese cartoon pornography on the internet. Can you speak to that? Right. Well, and, and, to, and to some degree too, I mean, you, you, in that, like you, incarnation already had like an established dynamic of sorts, knowing each other before that. So very much so. Yeah, I don't kind know. Of actually it's... more surprising than that you didn't lean into that more or lean into that. I don't know. Like you, you know, know, it's I'm not a very good interview. <laughs> I mean, I think it comes out to like I'm not very good at interviewing. Well, um, it's episode one. I mean, you're still yeah. trying to figure out what's what's the vibe what, yeah what? give me until episode 50 and then i'll be fucking dialed i'll be dialed in yes, i'll be on my charlie rose be like so v you work a lot in vr chat interesting what is that i understand you dance with anthropomorphic furries and cartoon <laughs> people oh it's glorious i gotta tell you just the all sorts of the characters you'll meet and uh getting sweaty well, dancing and <laughs> I was hoping to like avoid the word sweaty, but I mean, I guess in terms of actually like something to talk about, 
you know, like uh, there is seems like this very like ride or die intense uh, community on crypto Twitter around VR chat. Like y'all, it seems like y'all just be having parties um, on a regular basis. Like I, you know, being in some like discords or whatever, you see people being like, Hey, we're all meeting up in VR chat tonight. Um, and you seem like very immersed in VR, not just in a social way, but like in an artistic way. Um, I guess like why, why is like VR chat so appealing to everybody? And then by contrast, or I guess by extension, like, why is it so appealing to you? Ah, interesting. Uh, it's funny because so last night I, uh, I gave a tour. I, um, I was giving a tour to a couple of uh, folks from eGirl Capital in VR chat who were like just trying out VR who either hadn't for quite some time or just like trying to figure it out for the first time. And they so were very just surprised. like showing them, showing them around, making sure they didn't wander into like a yeah, just rule thirty four and... dungeon or like. Well, like the, the case with VR chat server. The case with VR chat is more you know public worlds with kids because sure, which was very surprising to a couple of them. They were like. Wow, so many people in VR are like, or, or I forget, I forget which which one was said. I'm, I'm trying to make sure I get it right, but like the fact that a lot of VR people were not crypto native, and also the inverse. I mean, I I like, I, I I'm not going to claim to be so to be so bold as be like the sole person for this, but I do feel like I've kind of VR pilled a couple crypto people, uh, bringing them in and. You know, we, I've talked about business stuff in VR chat. Like that's that's forget Telegram chat. Yeah. The real office is happening in, <laughs> in yeah, in someone's VR public chat. server. Um, Do you think it like is an extension of the like anon, you know, culture? Like it, it is just another step further into like making your own identity that's like untethered from reality. Oh, 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 God! I, 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 I truly think it is. Uh, and tangentially to VR. Uh, I will say there are some interesting strides being made in, uh, you know, I mean, when people think of metaverse, a common thing they think of is the VR specific metaverse, sure. quote unquote, encompasses much more than that. Um, but you have people like the metaverse makers and uh, Webiverse and doing some interesting stuff technologically, progressing that forward. Uh, but VR chat, I don't know specifically what it is about it. it it's just a, uh, it's just it's just a large enough and interesting enough platform for people to get together and explore and connect. And there really is a sense of more connection. There's a difference between you and I having this conversation, talking into microphones, and you know, as opposed to quote unquote physically being in each other's presence. Sure, sure. In a VR space, um, is that like is there like a fear that that is the next? Well, I guess, you know, you kind of already touched on that saying like there is an automatic metaverse association, but like when the next round of VCs and suits uh, like come come for our space, like is is that the next frontier that they're going to be targeting? I mean, I'm sure everyone saw the terrible uh, like Facebook metaverse, like the soulless grim the horizons or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, so clearly that's not compelling to, I imagine anybody. Um, but like, there is something, you know, there that I can't help but wonder if people are looking at like covetously or with, you know, like very commercial exploitative intent. So, uh, if, if we're talking specifically from like the crypto world, quote unquote, there is definitely going to be resistance there because 
uh, we've actually seen this play out with another Webiverse type platform, Neos, uh, which has two versions. They have a Steam game version, and then they have an identical version that sure. also has a cryptocurrency. They have a crypto token that they were going to use for payments and stuff, and the community was very divisive because you you at, at a point VR chat and Neos and all these they are social platforms, but they're games, and so you have kind of the anti NFT gamer sentiment hitting, which in. is inexplicable. I feel like yeah. you know I talked about that with Mono a lot. I I, I find it you know in the sense of like you know okay you want to keep non not owning your digital assets and being unable to like resell games or get value from them like fine i guess that's your prerogative I, you know i guess maybe like an even earlier touchstone is second life um which seems to me like super ahead of its time and super like prescient here and which also had its own currency it wasn't a crypto obviously at the time but it had like uh, like li lindens or, or whatever. I forget the exact term. Yeah, I think they were called like lind. Let's call them lindos. Let's call them lindo bucks. But like you know, that was a metaverse esque space that had a robust creator economy and like a robust in world economy and seemed kind of like unhinged in a way that felt lawless. Like you know, there there are those videos of people that will go like dive back into Second Life and go to like insane, weird, hand-generated BDSM dungeons or like fan pages for bands or, you know, what have you. Um, and, it, and it feels to me like, okay, we did that experiment. It was so huge. You know, I can remember New York Times articles about those people that basically lived in Second Life. Um, and it feels like we're, we're coming back to it, except now the tech is better. Right. And it's becoming much more immersive. Uh, and the tech is constantly improving. It's just... It's just it's it's just going to be very interesting to see, uh, and and it's, uh, cycling back to VR chat briefly. I mean, their stance is uh, because everyone's like, what's going to happen in terms of future NFT integration um, or crypto integrations? They're like, if you have NFT assets that you want to use on our platform, fine. You just can't you just can't promote NFT or crypto. So. Well, and that's I, like a good, I mean, that's as a good a detente as you can ask for. It's a, it's a healthy middle ground. And I feel like it, I feel like it's a gateway step into obviously the traditional, I say traditional, but like the, these types of platforms are obviously paying attention to crypto. And well, yeah. And, and then there's adoption. If I'm like some anti-crypto person and I'm in VR chat and I see someone with like some absolutely unbelievably dope, like NFT related drip, I'd be like, Hmm. Actually, you know what? Maybe NFTs aren't. So how do I get that? You know, how do I, I, I certainly didn't really have much of a thought about, uh, like having a VTuber or any type of virtual avatar until I saw like Anadas, for example. And I immediately was like, well, that just looks really cool. Um, and you know, I remember growing up on dot hack, uh, and being like, well, this is, this seems to me like I'm getting closer to that. Um, but you know, at the same time, it, it is funny. Like I, you know, it being a social space, it, I understand the hesitancy to bring in anything that, you know, like commercializes it or, or makes it in any way, uh, you know, tied to like speculation. You're detracting from the like organic human ugh, corporations are coming in and taking over. Oh, it's awful. Uh, yeah, which I think a lot of people are right, rightful to being skeptical of or concerned about. Um, they people want to have like their little niche communities and, you know, 
indie type feel type of things. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like, that's the other thing to, to me, like, you know, inevitably when we talk about cryptocurrency, we talk about the ideas of, of sovereignty and identity and, you know, it is just such a natural melding of it to me. And I, I feel like the division there ends up being really clear of like the people on, on like crypto Twitter who don't care about, uh, VR stuff are, you know, like, yeah, are like people who are in it to like speculate and, and trade and, and deal in, in like certain parameters. And the people from like crypto Twitter who really embrace VR are people who I think are much more in it for, I mean, not necessarily the tech, but in it for like, shall we say like larger or more philosophical reasons. Right. Um, just, yeah, tr trying to explain like the in-depths of this whole, it's just bizarre. It's all, it's all extremely bizarre. Well, I, I mean, you know, I guess then maybe centering it. So it's less like broad is like, what brought you to, to the VR space? So VR, so this is, this is going to be kind of a very twisted, not twisted in like a negative sense, but it's a very personal story in a sense of a lot of a lot of things it's, it's just interesting because identity all, like this type of identity has been convoluted and formed a lot of different things happening at once mm -hmm. so for context uh i want to go back to the crypto space first a little bit my my crypto journey started in late 2017 uh and i which was uh, I will say pre pre transition at this point. Mm -hmm. um, it and I just was gambling and doing yeah. poorly with shit coins, and I I would get attached to projects and um, bag hold because I I was very optimistic and believed in the vision of certain things, uh, and just kind of rotated through that. And I started transitioning. I started I started. Uh, trans woman i started transitioning about late 2020 and i got my vr headset february of january of 2021 oh wow and then i joined crypto twitter about early summer 2021 so in the process of building this 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 person v quote unquote this uh, persona i mean it, it is who i am but all of all of those different identities trying to figure out from a trans perspective from a vr perspective and even from a crypto like social presence all that was kind of happening at the same time and still is constantly evolving of course uh, and vr was very uh january 2021 so i'd wanted a vr headset for many years and I was, I, I, I kind of got away with it under the guise of, I want to use it as a fitness tool, which I do use <laughs> in exercise and stuff. And then I think February, I discovered VR chat and it was an immense godsend socially because we're talking, we're in the throes of COVID, right? No one's going outside. And so the ability to go out and talk to people and interact with people and explore on top of trying to figure out what my identity is try, trying to formulate who i am was just a very interesting struggle and i'm not i'm not saying struggle in necessarily a negative context but just very very exploratory yeah i mean that the synchronicity of that timeline is is like dramatic 
to me, right? Is the idea of we're, we're in the pandemic, you are in the midst of transitioning, of, of finding this identity and, and understanding yourself and like, you know, this technological innovation lands in, in your world. And it feels like, you know, it feels like this confluence of events that feels very impactful, right? Like that is, that is like a, I, I would imagine actually, you know, not to speak broadly, but I imagine that many people have similar stories, you know, and, and, and I think like kind of that's what, you know, we were touching on before with the idea of like the, the overlap of crypto Twitter and, and VR chat and being like, I have license and freedom to explore like myself and my own identity and be who I want to be unshackled from like this bullshit, terrible, real world that we are forced to live in. Um, yeah, I just, I'm kind of struck by like that timing. That must've been a really, VR must've been a very intense experience then. A very, a, a definitely, constantly a very evolving learning experience. Uh, and I, I just, I, ha I have to think of like, we, we could draw parallels in the sense of you could look as crypto in the sense of exploring true, quote unquote, financial freedom or having true financial control, broadly speaking. And you could look at VR or the metaverse, quote unquote, as freedom of identity, trying to formulate your own sense of self. And so now we're getting to the point where like those are kind of converging in some sense trying to come together. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think they are so related, you know, there's, um, that old saying, which is not, which, which is that you can either, you cannot be, uh, what is it fiscally conservative and socially liberal because fiscal policy money dictates like the conditions under which people live their lives in our society. And, right. and I think that is like another reason why, why crypto attracts so many people who have felt either, uh, you know, like repressed or marginalized or left behind or, you know, across all spectrums, it, it attracts people who maybe grew up in, in poor, disenfranchised community by dint of being born in the wrong zip code. It, it is by people who have, you know, um, a, a gender identity that is outside of like the American Protestant, uh, you know, fascist system that we live in. And like the understanding that like, well, wait, my money is, my money is tied, not just like the ability to pay bills. It's tied to the, my ability to live and exist as with dignity and like opportunity as a human being. And then like, yeah, VR like builds on that. It's like, okay, not only can I have sovereignty over, over my financial situations, but now I can, I can have sovereignty over my social presence. You could almost argue either one could be a stepping stone to explore. It's like, okay, if I have sovereignty, as you say, if I have sovereignty over financial situation, what's stopping me from going further? Right. What else can I take control of? And it was, yeah, it, it was, it was personally a, a very formative experience because there's a lot, especially when you can remove a lot of limitations, uh, you eliminate a lot of physical limitations and you're much more in control. You can shape your experience you have a stronger influence on your experience. So for example, if you're going in VR, you have extreme control over how you look. Mm. You can pick any avatar. You can, you can look however you want. And so in terms of social interaction, that's a barrier that's no longer there. So, you know, I don't have to, which ties in with the transition thing. Like I don't, I don't have to panic and think, 
from a transition perspective, someone's going to look at me and they're going to see a man. I don't have to do that. I right. rely on other factors uh, to, you know, there's a sense perhaps of being disingenuous, like, oh, you know, you don't have to really know that I was a man or whatever, but you, you're in much more control and it's extremely liberating. Honestly. Yeah. In a world that has done its best to take away control from, from people as, as, best as possible and to make people feel uh, like they don't have control. I, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, again, I, I, I touched on this briefly talking about it with Lawrence. Like I, I'm very cognizant of my like place as like a, a, a white cis man. And I'm always trying to be very, um, you know, cognizant of, of the privilege that I was born in with society and not overstep my, my, my boundaries, but I find myself like deeply moved and deeply like, I don't yeah, like emotionally affected by getting to see people exist as themselves uh, in the digital world. And, and I think like the, one of my problems with like the characterization of like crypto, like the crypto bro or, or taking it further, like the crypto, like libertarian fascist is, oh, is yeah, like, so, right I mean, the media perception is like, well, wait, it's so many people I know building in this space are, are queer, are non-binary, are trans, are, you know, are disabled, are, you know, what, like it, it is, you know, much more of a broad spectrum than that. Um, and I find myself like very irritated, you know, it's, it's definitely should never be like my place to say, but every time I hear someone talking about crypto, I was like, you know, it's not all just like those tiki torch looking motherfucker, uh, Nazi youth haircut, like monsters, oh, like the Charlotte Charlottesville rally or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like those guys look like the media vision of crypto. I'm like, I think it's actually it's you know, it is much more that that there are people who are all working towards their own levels of freedom and their own levels of of self expression. And I wish I you know I guess like I wish that was more front and center. Was it Mark Twain or whoever the quote of like travel is the enemy of ignorance or bigotry? Yeah, or completely. Whatever? And the same quote unquote can apply to VR. Like my in a space where you can go effectively anywhere, quote unquote, and talk to anyone from any walk of life. It has definitely been very, I want to say humbling, but in the sense of like, I will go, I will interact with people. And the mindset is I can't judge uh, who, who am I to judge or, um, uh, I, 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 I won't know enough about a given person. Like there's so much nuance with everything. Totally. And it, it, I think it's crucial for people to broaden their horizons in that sense. You know, I also think there's something to be said for the anonymity that makes, I mean, makes me personally want to share more, uh, you know, or like that I think drives people to be able to be like, I can actually bear a more truthful part of my soul. Um, you know, in the sense of like, there are certainly lots of times in my like you know, my fucking corporate day job, I don't maybe get to express parts of my personality. And, but with the, the mask of like an anime Fox boy, I feel much more comfortable to like express what I consider to be more core to my being. Um, like certainly, you know, trying to talk to my coworkers about, um, growing up being queer is like, that's not, you know what I mean? That's like very, not, very taboo. It's like, like yeah, mm -hmm. I'm going to be around the, the yeah. slack water cooler and I'm going to be like, yeah, actually, you know, you know, whatever, whatever. But on, on, on crypto Twitter or any anonymous space, you have, I feel much more freedom to do so.
well, there's a, I'm, I'm going to be probably mixing terms, but there is like a psychological, especially anonymous, obviously, you're much more, you're much more susceptible slash encouraged to share because you're not, you're not likely to face consequences. Like you're not going to face any backlash. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You're not, not going to face any backlash sharing anonymously. Like the, what's the Twitter account that popped up recently? It's like a uh, coin fashions. It's oh, just one yeah, yeah. Submit anonymous, like, oh yeah, I'm really a fucking VC LARPing as being super poor and stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> some of those are fucking psychotic. Like some of those are really, I mean, but you know, I think that also goes back to like, you know, that was the appeal behind the like origin of edgelord um, culture on like 4chan, right? Like that's like, you know, you, oh, no, nobody, I can say whatever I want. Unfortunately, and I guess in that case, most of it was like, I can say whatever racism I want um, with no repercussion, but like definitely the, I, you know, the internet existed, the, the internet exists as a, as a place to, uh, yeah, be kind of an unfettered version of yourself. You get um, the negative with the positive. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. We're never, I don't know if we're ever going to get fully away, you know, like the beautiful, uh, like pan gender, uh, like accepting uh, utopia. utopia that I dream of probably is not going to happen without like, yeah, there's going to be like, you know, like, I don't know, some guy with like the, the Heil Hitler numbers in his username talking about, you know, like a race that he hates, you know, whatever. Like I, that, I don't, I don't oh, know. My favorite anime of <laughs> yeah, no, my, my favorite. Yeah. A kind of a, a Japanese nationalist type apologist, <laughs> a, a person, uh, a person who, yeah. The, yeah. I don't know. It's it, also, I mean, the Venn diagram, what is it? Like someone once said like the Venn diagram between like furries and Nazis is a perfect circle. Cause you oh, see, yeah. <laughs> you see all those like, Photos from like furry conventions of people just wearing Nazi armbands, Nazi uniforms. Yeah, yeah, oh. that's the weirdest one because I guarantee, you know, I guarantee they probably wouldn't have loved that one back in the forties. <laughs> you were dressing nice. up as a wolf with a, uh, well, this, yeah, I don't want to go too off base and, and no, anger no, no, the furries. No, yeah, yeah, just the ide ideological. I don't know if the Fuhrer would love you being like an anthropomorphic dragon wolf. Um, uh, in the right, probably wouldn't. Uh, you probably wouldn't last very long. Yeah, you probably Sorry, wouldn't make it. Um, I mean, okay, I guess then to like pull back. So, you know, your your crypto journey, and and I always think like wherever people people really get like a few starts in crypto, right? It's wherever you like went and made, like you said, like you end up bag holding shit coins and gambling, and you make your first mistake, and then a lot of people I know have stepped back for a few years and then come back with like a completely different mentality. Um, you know, it, it, it like doesn't strike me that anything, you know, certainly when we've talked or, or your presence online is like tied to that kind of like speculative, anything like that, you seem much more focused on like, you know, like these like community and, and artistic aspects of it. Yeah, you, you effectively hit the nail on the head. I, I do that once per interview. I get one, I get one exactly right. This is it. This is, uh, this is the one, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, in the earlier years, quote unquote, 2017, 2018, I, I was aware, quote unquote, of like crypto Twitter, but I'm very much, I won't say like anti-spotlight, but like, I don't want to be the, the 
put focus or like build a brand or, or you know, be, I, I'm, I'm much more of a support character or a behind the scenes type of figure. And so I took that very much to heart when I established, when I started establishing my CT presence in last summer, which was, I genuinely think there are people who are doing good things, quote unquote, for the world. You know, the, this kind of, kind of childish, but like naive optimism, like, oh, I make the world a better place. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I'm like, I, and it, in combination with a sense of, I'm not smart enough to be a shadowy <laughs> super coder or so if, if I can't, if I can't beat them and I, and I, and you know, part of me was like, I don't want to beat them. I, I want to identify good people who are, who I believe are good people in the space and I want to help them at any cost. Like how can I boost them? Uh, I, a term I, and I can't be the first person to have coined this, but a term I kind of like came up with is we have the term uh, MEV, uh, minor or maximum extractable value. And instead what I, what I was looking for is MBV, mutual, or what is the most mutual beneficial value for all parties involved? I, I, I truly believe you have coined that, um, particularly since that is like the most PVP side of Twitter. Um, but like, and, and not to like connect everything back to anime, but like one of the most compelling things is like seeing a hero and getting to support them. Cause I, I feel definitely, you know, very, very much the same way. And I've talked about this at length, so I don't need to, but like, I, you know, similarly don't have trading, coding, whatever. Um, and I like being in support. I like being like a bureaucrat or, or, um, you know, being in that support role because it feels, yeah, it feels nice to be in service, um, to, to something that feels greater than yourself or, or, or to be part of something that feels world changing or aspirational. Um, you know, I, I think a lot about like the idea of, I've coined this term, I, I, I've written about this term before, um, and, and not like the idea of a leader worth following. Um, is something that is like incredibly compelling to me. I think in, in certainly like the hyper individualistic or at best like guild based system that, that we work under in crypto, like I, I find something very like romantic and fulfilling about, no, I, I want to be, I want to be a force that uplifts in, in pursuit of a mission. Right. Having a broad, ha having, having a vision and being able to pursue it and supporting people who, to hold those same ideals or that vision. That said, I, I, I do, it is concerning at a time because I, and I talked about this on the last one with Carnation, but it is concerning to like find the balance between supporting a, a, a leader type figure who you, 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 you value, your values resonate together. Like you want to support them, but also not falling into the type of idol worship where you don't, you know, you, you put the rose colored glasses and the blinders on, like you're immune to criticism. Like you think they can do totally. no wrong type of thing. It's, it's, it's definitely a, a tricky line to walk. And our space is like ripe with that. And, and, you know, at like the most like minimal level, it is those like, you know, like retail reply guy accounts that are just following gigantic traders and, and arbitrarily like worshiping the ground they, they, they sit on, you know, I, I Bring bots that copy trade tweets and yeah. Or like, you know, you mentioned maybe like me that, you know, 
you say, I don't think it's acceptable that like Tetranode uh, uses like transphobic slurs. And then your inbox is like a bunch of people like, this is my guy. Like, how can you say that's my dude? And it's like, uh, well, number one, I guarantee you, he doesn't think about you at all. And number two, like, is it not depressing to live life, you know, simping for someone on the internet who's ultimately using you as exit liquidity? Um, right, exactly. And, and, you know, like in my, in my previous career, I, I definitely fell into like idol worship stuff a lot for the people I, I worked with, probably stemming more from like my uh, issues with my father than with anything else. But like, yeah, there is, you know, part of me is looking for somebody to be like, I just, I will put you to good use. I am, I am an implement to be used and, and I wish to be used effectively. And, and it's, you know, it, it really takes a lot. I wrote about this a while ago, I think in the last thing I wrote, but like the idea of being part of like a, a collective is so appealing because you get to kind of stop worrying about, you know, exigent factors, these intangibles, what am I supposed to do? Like the idea of like waking up, having purpose, having task, having, having person I follow, right. Having, having, you know, I, I guess I am describing why cults are very effective. Um, but you know, I think there is like something to be said for that. You definitely hit very at home with the, uh, I am a utility to be used. I just, uh, the, the term I use is I'm a very goofy Swiss army knife. Right. Like, I, I hope someone can put me to good use. And so, and so that's part of the whole, like, in also seeking out, so trying to seek out good people to support. So some of it is you have to have an accurate gauge of, all right, I hope that this, this is a good person, kind of person. You have to, you have to have a, 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 an effective sense of evaluating character when doing so. Um, and then just kind of hope that they won't, that they will take advantage of you in terms of- In the positive, take, in the good way. In the positive <laughs> sense and not take advantage of you and, you know, ab you know, be abusive or, yeah, exactly. How do you think we do that? How do you think we judge character in, in this space? Right, because that, that feels very tied to like the VR world to me or like the crypto Twitter world. Like there are definitely people who you meet, who, you know, the, not saying that you have to live in the dark forest theory at all times, right? Like not always having to assume that any noise coming from the forest is you, you should just destroy immediately because you don't know its intentions, but like simultaneously not always assuming intentions are good. Like, how do you, you know, how do you think we get those reads on people in, in this inherently anonymous space? These are the questions that I love and that are also torture because I never think I'm going to have an effective answer. <laughs> uh, I mean, you have to have some sense of your own values and then find those values that uh, find people who's who hold similar values or values that you can resonate with. And I, it, it's hard because you have certain characters who... I can't put like tangible words to how their actions are demonstrate how, how, how they act, but you just can kind of sense, be it on their actions mm -hmm. or their words that they are just a concrete force of good for good for uh, a greater good, be it the greater good for the world or for whatever. Like I, I keep going back to Vitalik tweeted out at some point, um, Ethereum is neutral, but I am not great type of thing. Great quote. A fucking yeah. a, a, a banger of a quote. Both, both an illustration, a, a true illustration of the tech that the tech that is available that is deployed that we have to deal with the real consequences consequences of, and 
his values as a human individual, like where he stands. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I, I think it is always, you know, naive, maybe in a good way to, to think of technology or any system or any advancement as, as being neutral, uh, particularly when you're dealing with money, because money is inherently a non-neutral force. Um, yeah. but like certainly in, in terms of like intentionality. I, th I, th I just think it's funny. Like we spend all this time talking about like trustless smart contracts and how do you solve the Byzantine generals problem? And, and all of these are technological ways of, of trying to solve for the fact that you cannot assume the intentions and accuracy of a counterparty, or you cannot assume the validity of information. And yet we find ourselves inherently trying to like make connections, make clicks, trust off of people, share information, et cetera, right? Like there is something there that despite we, uh, you know, we might live in a trustless uh, technological system, but we are still driven to find something to trust in someone. We're irrational creatures trying to rationalize our actions and ra rationalize the world to the best of our ability, but... Uh, yeah, I think some of that is probably like some Dunning-Kruger shit where, right, like it's like you think uh, I am special and my judgment is special. And so if I understand something in some way, then that is that is the truth. You know, at the same time, like, is it irrational to want to trust it, or is it is it is it irrational to to want to make these these bonds with people and understand their characters or is it like hyper rational? You know, if you look at this, the like most effective organisms in the world, right? Like microbes, mold, uh, bacteriums, uh, fungal colonies, things like that. They are so hegemonized or, or so holographically tied together that there is no question of trust. And it feels like we're trying to build something like that financially. And we as humans just can't get there. So we have, we have to try and make that element of trust. Right. Uh, it's forever going to be a dependency. I mean, it's one of those we can get to the point of it's the weird balance of you can get to a point where you can trust how a system works. You can, you can trust that it, just applying it broader, like with programming, you write code, you write code to do a certain thing. It's going to do exactly what you told right. it to do, but there it, it can't necessarily understand things like context or that type of thing. And so you have to, you have to trust that you've given, that you've provided enough context for it to do what you want to do in the way that you wanted to do. But then a step further, you also have to trust that people who are going to be using these trustless systems understand. Right. And I think that's probably why we see so many like DAOs or protocols experience like an insider exploit, right? Because you are approaching it with this mentality of like, well, the code is trustless. The system is like built to the, so like it's actually anyone who's participating it understands that. And, uh, you know, like in the case of someone like Sifu, right, for example, is right. is like, it's like the idea of like the, the prisoner's dilemma, like, no, I'll just defect every single time. Like my, like there is actually, you know, like if everyone in the room is deciding that, trust is built into the system, then like you actually are incentivized to like, you know, betray, smash that motherfucking betray button every single time. Every single time. And there's not, there's never going to be a perfect solution or a, a, a remedy to that type of problem. And I'm, and which is not to say that attempting to find a perfect or optimal solution 
is a fruitless endeavor. It's certainly worth exploring, but people are just going to come up with new and creative ways to get around it every time. Yeah. And I, you know, that will happen in crypto or not. That is such as the way, such as the way of the world. That's like the, right. That's like the whole reason we have the fucking field of game theory, which is an excuse for people to be like, mm, well, actually people do things differently in this circumstance. Like, you know, I, and, and never wanting to like lean on, like we can, categorize or quantify human behavior because there are just too many variables. But, you know, I, I think there is something to be said, like, if you can make that connection with a person, if you can establish that trust, um, I think then like, you know, there's, there is your solution. And, and like the idea of like trying to divorce what we're doing from, from the necessity in the real world to make a connection and build trust with people seems like it seems dangerous, I guess. I think like people will keep getting exploited as long as they are unwilling to be like, we really need to take a hard look at uh, like how we're, how we're forming these interpersonal relationships on the internet. Yeah. It's, and uh, I, I mean, just the variable of like human intelligence and human understanding and, and culture, if we're going way bigger of, everyone holding different values and different per perspectives and different perceptions. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder about that as well. I mean, you know, that's like a, one of the, like the things that I find missing so much is like empathy is to understand those circumstances that other people or their like personal experiences. I find that's very lacking and that's difficult. Uh, our community particularly because so much of it seems so like mercenary or, or combative i don't really have like a, a point to go with there i feel like you know you and i on this call could like solve uh you know human interpersonal trust things then we're obviously wasting our fucking time and we should just go be rich <laughs> and like fix humanity oh, and like uh stop the neural link from being made um, we solve pvp mm. yeah <laughs> i mean you know the, that might I, it, shit you know we're sitting here not rich and a lot of those PVP people are theoretically or presentationally wealthy in like a crazy way. So like, yeah, I, you know, I guess maybe our optimism or like that desire for, for connection is, is like a weakness. Right. Well, and especially, you know, for, for the naive optimism, we do have to recognize that it's kind of like just with crypto in the sense of take a trader, some, someone is on the losing end of a trade. Right. Yeah, yeah. Always. So there there has to be some level of, of acknowledgement or acceptance in, in that someone, uh, I mean, I keep thinking to the to the interview you had with Monolith, like having it as a positive sum game where, you know, everybody wins. It's like you can't, uh, you, there, there has to be an element of realism. It's yeah, just, as much as we, balance? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, the idealist in me always wants to kind of push towards that. Um, you know, going back, not to change like topics dramatically, but kind of going back, uh, you, you kind of in tandem with, with VRChat, you make like a lot of really like interesting and personal, uh, like digital and, and virtual reality art. Um, and I kind of say, I know you and Karn talked about NFT stuff, uh, and, and, you know, it's been talked about ad nauseum, particularly now as we are watching the implosion of several like NFT communities. Um, but I wonder if you could, like speak to like what drew you to make this like very personal and not like reading into it too much as the viewer, but like, you know, very vulnerable art. 
Um, I can divide that question into kind of two parts. And I will take the first part, and uh, I will go with the vulnerable aspect as the first part, which has been in in getting to know people on CT, and some of that kind of attributes to the like whole an, uh, anonymity that we talked about earlier, the the willingness to be open and not necessarily face consequences. I have, and you can, uh, and the 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 cynical could say you're just using this to manipulate and earn your way into inner circles ha 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 but i have i've never very never (laughs) i never do but i'm very willing to expose vulnerable parts of myself first in an effort to gain trust because i i firmly believe it's like especially with people that i want to believe in and i want to support like i want like i want to help people I, you, you, you have a vision or you are doing something good. I want to help you. And I'm willing to potentially put myself at risk to do that. And well, it, right. Like what is it that animals do? A lot of animals when they want to like make friends is they like roll over and show their belly, right? Like they literally show a vulnerable point right, and put themselves right. at someone's mercy to be like, I am trying to engage with you in a friendly manner. And I, so yeah. A gamble. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that's, there's it, something there. Yeah, and it's always, you know, a risky gamble. And I've been very surprised at kind of the positive reception I have gotten to that in CT. And then, you know, going forward, the uh, uh, it just kind of evolved from there. Uh, you know, I, I came into the space and I'm just like, I'm going to be a friendly, I'm going to be a friendly and helpful face. And that that is my, you know, counter to perhaps the purpose unknown name shtick. You know that that I think is my purpose. I want to I want to help people, which slowly became a convoluted series of questions. Like, wait, people are receptive to that. To wait, people want to hang out with me. To wait, people want to pay me to be a friendly face. Like, what is going on here? What is happening? I mean, that's as, as nice of a surprise as as you can ask for. And like, it's just like striking to me that the avenue was art. Although I, you know, I feel like maybe. I pursued something similar in like the, my stick to like get in with people is like writing poetry. Um, but your like art stands out so much from like other projects that I see people make. And so to go into the art aspect, it, I mean, we talked about this whole convergence of like three crypto VR transition identities trying to kind of form at the same time. And so a lot of it was, extremely exploratory in the sense of who's it, who's this person I'm trying to be? Who, who is this person? Who, who am I looking at in the mirror, be it a physical mirror or a virtual mirror? Who, who is this persona that I am trying to adapt, create, perform as like, what are the, what are the ideals I want to hold? What do I want to look like? And then what are the problems I, what, you know, what are the problems? What are the issues I have to deal with in exploring that? And to some extent, too, I feel uh, because it's such a sharp contrast from perhaps the vision of myself that I had many years ago, like having a, a completely different mindset of who I wanted to be and things changing, which just speaks to how how much life can throw you a curveball and change things. And to some extent, a lot of these illustrate a, 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 a real struggle between like, can I formulate this as one identity or am I going to have to pick, you know, which like two inner, two inner forces, two inner 
identities kind of struggling. Inside of you, there are two wolves. Yes, like, do I, I, yeah, I wasn't just, I was like, do I say it or not? Okay, thank you for taking that. <laughs> yeah, no, don't worry. I'll always do the corny cringe bullet for you. Um, well, you know, I think it's, you know, I grew up uh, in a family of, of artists and, you know, something I've always been struck by is I've been around many artists who have a very difficult time expressing themselves or being vulnerable outside of their art. And then their art is this absolute like window into themselves, very earnest from like their core, like, like trying to say something. Um, the window to the soul. Right, yeah. exactly. And, and I feel like I struggle with that as well. Like I, I have a very hard time uh, expressing like what I think like the inner flame that exists within, within me is like whatever, uh, what is my own like impossible soul can be. Um, and it's just, yeah, I guess more of my thing was like, it's so refreshing seeing that in, in between like generative, uh, 10,000 man collections and like fucking ugly ape art and, uh, you know, potentially problematic uh playstation graphics neo chibis like someone making <laughs> art that is like that it seems very like yeah very real and 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 that makes me feel something i i, I messaged you before we started working on the podcast together i i messaged you out of blue just being like yeah i like really love this art like i had like a very intense emotional reaction when i saw it um and and like i ran and, and like showed showed my wife who is an art professor and, and I was like, see, like people are doing things in this space that aren't just, uh, you know, uh, uh, badass bulls, bull islands, uh, stoned, derivative. Yeah. yeah, like it's not all like there is people are making art out here, um, which like, you know, if we want to get like, I don't know, weirdly prescriptive about it, like the development of genuine art for art's sake is like an important milestone in any culture. And so seeing it in that, in that emerging in our space, you know, felt very, very novel to me. Yeah. And I, I definitely, I, I, I approached it from a perspective of like, is there like an art niche I can tap into? Is, is there somewhere that perhaps hasn't been explored? Uh, but it also, we talked about like tapping into the art, the soul of the artist, like exploring things, get like truly seeing an artist, like their inner, their inner mind, their inner emotions. Yeah. I, I, do, I do agree that, as you said, like it can be very difficult to tap into that. Yeah. There has to be a vehicle. Right. And, and, you know, it, this is one of those things that like really took me aback asking like the community for poetry sub submissions when I was working on poetry stuff is like a lot of people are actually very eager to express themselves in that way. A lot of people are really eager to have some, some practice of uh, like introspection, self-understanding, self-auditing, um, you know, what I, I started working on like a new writing project recently that I think I might announce or not announce in a few weeks. Um, but like in doing it, I was like, I actually don't really care if I ever release this. It's like this practice of self-reflection that is much more valuable. It's cathartic uh, in a sense, right? Like catharsis, right, is like the whole the whole goal and, and feeling, you know, you know, having this disconnection in our life, not to sound like some fucking boomer moron being like, things were different. 
before we had the <laughs> internet and cell phones. It's like, yeah, you had like fucking segregation and goddamn we're like dying in a trench. Like your life sucks shit. Like the internet is great, but there is something to be said for like, I feel a, it is easy to feel a disconnection or, or maybe even not a disconnection, but an isolation um, that I think like art solves for a lot of people. And that is why like art for art's sake, I've said it a million times now, but you know, like we have to use a different word than art for a lot of these NFTs, because I don't think they meet the basic principles of what art is. Not that it's my place to adjudicate in any way, but like if you, if you were to lock yourself in a room for a year creating and like, I, I just don't think you would be making a board ape. I don't, so if you, right, yeah. I just don't think like, so. That, that's not what would emerge from. Yeah. Yeah. That's not like the chrysalis that you, that blossoms out into a great butterfly of work. It's like, no, this is like a, a commercial object. Um, and, you know, I feel like as we get bigger and bigger, we will see more and more people moving in that direction. Certainly at, at, by the time that people realize they've just been buying uh, JPEGs. Right. Yeah. And, and there's, it's tricky too. The, just the creative process in general. Um, just like, it's, it, God, I don't want to like talk about myself for quote unquote. You're, on you're getting interviewed. Uh, <laughs> you can talk about your, what? I mean, it would, it is a pretty good interview. So I was like, I don't want to talk about myself. I will, I, you don't have, I, you know, I'd never want to put someone in a position where they don't want to talk about themselves, but. Well, it's like the right balance of not, not being, not letting stuff like inflate the ego or trying to hog the spotlight or, or type of thing. Even, even if it is like, that's just, it's kind of a whole separate issue in terms of like power dynamics and, and that type of thing. But, but I, I was going to comment on like the creative process, especially it, it's it's balance right and looking at i have my collection up to here just on a web page and looking at a lot of these I, I figured out how to kind of tap into that emotional soul to make these and the problem yeah. is that that soul is very much despair and depression <laughs> and negativity I which i don't mean to laugh but that no, that is like that is like i'm laughing from like a place of like deep understanding like yeah like uh you know, that is, there is, there are moments of like despair or longing or depression that are so difficult to communicate in any other way than artistically. And they're, and, and they're a fantastic source of artistic oh, creation. Oh, you can mine that fucking, those depths. Oh my God. Yes, it is. It, it is, it is just a, it, it, it is a, it is creatively immensely satisfying. And so but the problem is you risk you you know you sit in the pool of despair for too long you're gonna let that stuff right that get gazing into the abyss etc etc et exactly. <laughs> the abyss will claim you i mean i i i mentioned it on a twitter thread but like i've had times in vr making some of these i kind of just tried tried to tried to foster an environment where i could tap into that pool of despair and I was just in such a crying fit. I, picked, I tore off the headset and threw it on the ground. I was just that upset and and frustrated, and still kind of thinking this whole two identities clashing with each other thing. 
And so it, it's one of those know, knowing the right balance of when to pull back or, or finding the optimal situation of not sitting in that pit pool of despair for too long. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. what a, you know, what an indication that you are doing something that is personally impactful, right? Like if we, if, if we did not feel those moments of like going too far or of fear or of like revulsion or of falling into the pit, like we, there would be no indication that what we were doing was important, right? Like the, the, the moment where you realize that you are being tremendously impacted by something you're trying to create is like, to me, one of those moments of like, all right, I am, I am on, I'm on a, I'm on, I'm onto something, right? Like I, there is something here. There's a thread within myself that I, I am pulling. Um, and within that unraveling is, is my art. Right. And to cycle back, because we posed the question of how can you identify good actors, quote unquote, in the space or good people or for me, that would be thinking about it. That would be an element. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. if I'm making these pieces that are, that are truly coming from and are at like an artistic and emotional, I really resonate with those types of people. And so to hear people such as yourself or other people who looked at these, even, even if they resonated in ways that I didn't, that I wouldn't necessarily have thought about people look at some of these and they're like, I totally saw it from this perspective. It's like, no, this is speaking to something. This is speaking to a, a an element of character within a person. Yeah, it speaks that that they are they are at least understanding something. I th actually, that's like an interesting point. You you have a piece, um, kind of like almost uh, Persona Three style, where you and your digital avatar flicker in and out before like pulling the trigger of a gun. And I remember seeing it and being like, "Yo." huge, like really feeling something from it. And it was interesting to me from like watching people react to that, be it in your comments um, or after like being extremely concerned for you, which I think is a nice place to come from, of course. But to me also indicated like, oh, maybe people have not seen art that pushes or explores something that is like truly challenging or or difficult or horrific. Um, and conflate it so much with like the, the art with the artist, if that makes sense. Right. Well, and then, you know, you can go into the whole death of the author. Can you separate totally. the art from the art type of thing? But yeah. And which again is a point of exposing that vulnerability. Like on that one specifically, I remember putting, putting on the tree threaders, like I was not okay when I recorded this, I'm fine now, but I, you know, being very honest and upfront and yeah. And then having people reach out and, you know, out of concern and that again, another kind of character identifying aspect of, all right, the people who understand it, the people who this resonates with the people who care, who you can have that type of emotional, I want to say like emotional connection, but like that, that, that sense of emotional or empathetic understanding. I think that's a great, like, you know, something, a, a piece that always stands out to me because I see it getting circulated on the internet every now and then. And it's oftentimes, if I see it in non-art circles, uh, the, the pieces, uh, uh, Ross, Ross in LA, Portrait of Ross in LA by Felix Gonzalez Torres, um, which is just a corner of a museum 
of Candy weighing the weight that his lover weighed when he died of AIDS and and was created during in response to like the AIDS crisis and the stigma around it and i will you know i will inevitably see people and and it is just as wide a range of like random bros to like those like midwestern judgmental like moms always saying like well how is this art my kid could make this or the same thing like rothko is a great example i saw someone on crypto twitter repost a rothko and be like literally why would someone buy this and i'm i'm like there has to be something missing right that is um there there has to be something missing in this person to to miss the resonance there or to miss like the emotion behind it because like the you know the i i saw an installation of of uh the felix gonzalez torres piece and it's like horrific it is like intensely emotional to see and then to like see people online be like supala candy like i could do this and get a million dollars from the moma i don't know why i default to baltimore accent when i do those kind of people <laughs> just like it's fucking candy but like that like re like I, I i see the same thing the the same people who will rush to tell you why an nft is valuable that is clearly bullshit we'll look at like a Rothko or like a Gonzalez Torres and be like, well, that's just, you know, my, my kid could do that. Um, and I find that those, I, I find myself like curious, I find myself very genuinely sad for those people. It's like, there is some, something either learned or something that you repressed or something that is just refusing you, you are refusing to see what this art is. To understand kind of the human condition. Some, some of which I think, there's a point where you could say, all right, they don't, they don't know the full context behind the piece. Uh, yeah. Because you, know, you will have people who will, you know, first glance, very confused. And then upon learning about it, it's like, okay, no. And actually, you know, that level of, as we talked about before, that kind of in introspection or looking in and, and critically thinking about it. And and trying trying to reflect on you know the uh, the meaning behind the piece, yeah, that I do agree. It is it is sad and to some extent frustrating to to see that missing from some people, and to go tangentially kind of to VR chat. I feel like that that type of platform, as I told someone, at, you know, to, to some extent, people are a lot of people are on there. And so crypto Twitter kind of ties in with that because we're all very, fr we're all very frustrated with the current reality. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to use any means to either change the reality, change the reality to, to what, you know, make the world as you see fit, be the change you want to be in the world or escape reality. And that sense of escapism or wanting to, wanting to change the world or frustrated with the current world or, you know, that, that type of liberating freedom for lack of a better term and talking with a friend, I was like, we're all kind of broken in that sense. And we think reality is broken. And that's why we resonate so strongly with each other. Right. Because that's, that's a, that's a very strong common thread of we're very frustrated with the current. We're either very frustrated or bored or the, the current state of affairs is not enjoyable. Yeah. And so we want to escape it and we can bond over that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great way to, to put it, right? Is like this feeling of discontent and of dissatisfaction, right? Like the, the, the world does not reflect me 
or I am not reflecting in the world that should be, um, and right. I, I can no longer be party to it. Um, you know, I, I guess in like a broad way, uh, you know, th that is probably like the underpinning fear for a lot of people that I know in, in like the outside money coming in or the VC money coming in, the corporate money coming in, BlackRock coming in. It is like we are already right. living in this like neo feudal digital serfdom. And, and if, if we build a, a place of inclusivity that is supposed to be different, the first thing that those outside forces do is I'm going to change the term. It's like, how can we maximally extract value, right? Like it is, it, you build something and the first people to show up are like, well, how can I commercialize it? I, I, I saw today it was a Taco Bell is doing like drag queen brunch as like a corporate thing. And I was like, this is the exact, like you are the motherfucking enemy. Do you not get like, do they, like who at Taco Bell was like, we as like this corporate fast food poisoning the world thing, waste producer are going like, actually there's like, we can make X percent revenue if we co-opt the LGBTQ or drag uh, culture. And I'm just like, is that like inevitably the path of all of this? Like, cause that's how I <sighs> felt going back to like, when I saw that Facebook metaverse thing, I was like, oh shit, they, they just want to eat this because they see it as another area they can control. And just looking at, you know, trying to co-opt the human elements. I, I forget the, I forget the tweet. It was an older meme, but it's like the, oh, I'm working on a PowerPoint presentation on Twitter. And then the official like PowerPoint or Microsoft account tweets, oh, what are you working on? It's like, oh, working on uh, corporate entities trying to personify themselves. <laughs> right. and the, the crab with but, the laser eyes meme, be gone, brand. Like, yeah, for sure. Exactly. Which, which is the weird balance and, you know, obviously there's a right to be skeptical or cynical of the situation, but like, how how many times have you seen the, oh my God, the Wendy social intern is really slapping They're really popping like, off today. They're, they're dissing like, Taco Bell. Yeah. Right. It's, you could, you, and, and uh, in some sense you can both say that, like agree with that. Like think there is, wow, there's a person behind that Twitter account that is really coming across however simplistically like connecting in a human way and also be like okay but they're working for a corporate entity so yeah, it's not i go really i go the other way it's like some fucking intern with a gun to their head who has like ucb right like did stand up or whatever and is now right, like you know. chained to a desk being like you have to have five clapbacks you have to make them you have to say yas queen <laughs> <laughs> buzzwords you know you gotta make sure we get people saying it's busted did you see okay? that this yeah it's like yeah back like everyone like every corporate crowd like our new chicken sandwich is on fleek like is <sighs> it is it on fleek motherfucking willy ninja are you sure fucking paris is burning yeah uh, um yeah i don't know i feel like i get so fatalistic when i when i see that because i i i went to school a you know far in the past for advertising um, mm -hmm. and which was like the grimmest, obviously like most emotionally and, and bankrupt thing I've ever done. And I, I am glad I, I did not pursue it further. Um, but yeah, like, you know, watching these account, who is it? Ryanair, the fucking Irish airline or whatever the other day, like tweeting it down bad 
crypto accounts being like, looks like you could afford our economy class. It's like, just like, fuck, please fuck off forever. Um, also, because like, I don't know, this is like, I don't know, I'm not trying to be soft skinned because I'm not, you know, like too many accidental cartel decapitation videos when you're 13 on the internet too early. I feel like just killed a part of like nothing will shock me. But like, you know, there was like watching people like brands like celebrate like a crypto crash or make jokes about people losing all their money. And then you see like, you know, like a half a dozen people kill themselves because of the, the UST pegging, right? Uh, so yeah. it's like, yeah, very funny. Yeah. I mean, at, you know, at the same time, if any of the, you know, you see it a lot, of, I, I have an embarrassing fondness for TikTok, which I feel like uh, you and I are the same, pretty much the same age. Like, I feel like anyone in our age range, like has this like kind of like connection with social media in a very bizarre way. Like I was talking to Lawrence about it, like his favorite TikTok videos, but like, you'll see like socialist content creators uh, get like commented on with a brand be like, yes. And then they'll be like, well, have you raised the minimum wage or grounded your jets or stopped using like, you know, like Monsanto products? And the answer is like, no, it's just like all lip service. And the only like saving grace is I think people are at least a little more aware of it. I sincerely doubt there are a lot of like Zoomers being like, oh my God, that Amazon is just like me. I'm pretty sure they're like, this is like cringe. Yeah. Sorry. My uh, cat is here next to me now wanting attention. So you might hear him. We'll cut that out and react to it. Like I said, something really good. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so true. <laughs> so, can't yeah, totally. vocalize the, the crown emoji. I, I will have to say, um, I do not use, nor am I a fan of TikTok, honestly. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go against you're the gonna grain. Do, you're going to do me dirty like that on our podcast? You're going to do me dirty and make me look like an absolute fuck? Uh, <laughs> excuse me, am I not the sober canon, you know, the sober sounding board to your... Oh yeah, for people <laughs> listening at home, V's drinking water d during this one, um, and I am not... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll see how well this devolves. I mean, we're an hour and ten minutes in, and uh, I feel like we haven't hit the haven't hit the perhaps Freudian slip type questions of or the Freudian. You know, yeah, uh, we always want to get you in a get in a in a gotcha situation here. That's like the real point of this podcast is I want to catch you slipping. Throw a yeah, throw a curveball, and then oops, yeah. Um, but. Which, oh my god, my both my older sister and my wife are very obsessed with TikTok. And my older, my older sister has a TikTok. And oh I'm my just god. Like, uh, like doing, doing I, like dance trends and shit? Or doing like... No, she, ran, she rants about her job. Most, so <laughs> sick. I mean, it works. But, <laughs> you see someone doing that and you can be like, oh man, I can do that. I'm going to hang out in the, in the Starbucks bathroom several TikToks by my wife. I, I, I definitely, I understand the appeal. I, I, I truly do. Um, it feels like you and I are in opposite positions because my wife does not care about TikTok. So I'm always like showing it to her and she's just like stone faced. Like, why is that funny? And I'll be like, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, I guess it isn't funny now that you say it out loud. <laughs> I mean, I, I, my wife will show me ones that are funny or like, or that I can relate to, but uh, it's just one of those sometimes like, I'm trying to focus on something. Can we ADHD brain? Don't come and distract me. Cause that's gonna, <laughs> she does it out of love. You know, I have no, but yeah, it's just a, that's actually an interesting yeah. thing. I, I kind of 
thought about a while ago and I didn't think we would get to here. But when I was listening to you incarnation talk about um, the Milady drama and I had my own hot Milady take um, that now in retrospect, maybe was not the, my, well, not my best take, but there, there is something like talking to you, talking to Lawrence, like we're all married, you know, like adult people. One of like the weirdest things about crypto Twitter has been watching people like fall in love or like make relationships and like specifically watching like Milady people like be like, I was at a rave. I met this person. We're together now. My life is amazing. Like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, in that kind of like elder way, like watching these like young, awkward online people like find true love. I'm like, you know what, maybe things aren't so bad after all. No, of course not. And to some degree you want to root and encourage them. You know, I have a, a crypto friend who will not be named who should be going on a date tonight. And if he hears this and he didn't ask the girl out, I'm going to be very disappointed because <laughs> I've been pushing him to ask this girl out for quite some time now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it was... kids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is like the funniest, yeah, that is one of like the funniest parts to, to me that that's come out of it. It's, it's like also like the divide in, in talking to people, you know, and the man like, I, yeah, I'm like, I don't, I have no capacity anymore to like go out to like raves and nightclubs, but I'm so happy your kids are doing it. You kids are having a nice time and falling in love. Do you feel like we're, we're like noticeably old for crypto Twitter? Um, Lawrence definitely so, is. Lawrence, Lawrence is definitely, Lawrence, I'm just like full talking shit. Lawrence is definitely, he should not be on here. The man is too old. Uh, it's, it's, it's weird because there is definitely the sense of there are significantly smarter snot-nosed punks doing the shadowy super coding type of stuff. Right. And, but, you know, to, to some degree it's, uh, I can per I can I can kind of play into that a little bit with the whole sh support shtick because in quite a few circles I'm kind of seen as like the the mom figure. It's like all right, you kids you, you kids can do do the math, do the trading, whatever. But you have personal problems, mom's here. You can come do talk, the math. Okay? Sounds like you kids talk. enjoy smoking your marijuana leaf and. Uh... And watching the TikToks, <laughs> doing your yeah yeah doing your femboys and your um well I mean yeah I mean it's it's funny like we are literally the are you winning side it really I mean I joined a, a Discord and like th uh, three people when I joined said like will you adopt me and I'm like I'm not that old I'll <laughs> be I'll be your older brother like we're doing some cringe like forum RP if that's what it takes. But like, yeah, I don't know. It is the the age gap is definitely very funny, very, very, very funny to me. Yeah. So and and it's all about how you approach it, and you know, take it in stride too. Um, and so it's kind of inverse with some friends because exploring this kind of identity, which I feel like I lost a good, not like lost, but perhaps didn't get a chance in terms of like a childhood too enjoy it as much i no that's i think that's very I'm fair the, go there i'm the very i'm the very older kind of like mom figure protective but i'm also extremely childish in behavior and so you know people calling me the mom figure i'm like the irony is not lost on me i you know i think you know talking about identity there is something there like you know certainly in, in people who have not gotten to have like their authentic uh like self-identity or gender identity 
or sexuality or, you know, like people who have grown up in like very traumatic situations or, uh, you know, like abusive situations, you do kind of, you like, this is an opportunity to make up for lost time, right? Like you get to, you get to be the self you wish you were in high school, or you get to be the child that you wish you were like you get to. And, and certainly like I've, I've talked about this before, like, God, it's just so nice to talk to people about anime because that certainly wasn't cool when I was a kid or it's like, man, it's so great to like, you know, shoot the shit with people that was not, you know, really feasible within my like town I grew up in. You know what I mean? Like the, part of the advantage of it is like, yeah, you know, might be, semi boomered out but i get to have this space to be myself and the self i always wanted to be which speaks to the just the power of technology in general that we can do we can have these types of interactions and uh socialization so it's thanks still to, thank you technology yeah we love yeah, we, yeah. We, hey we are we love technology we're so pro technology yeah when it works <laughs> when it works and uh, yeah, when it's not like controlled by the State Department. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we can cut this. I'm kind of thinking of where to go next. We should have like a marker. Like a. Like a, yeah, cut, like cut end scene. Here, don't know. Uh, yeah. The Lawrence one, I had to make like three cuts. So. Um, oh, sure. Oh, yeah. And I didn't. I didn't much of that too in terms of like audio cleanup or stuff you wanted me to work no, on just as a... I mean look we're operating on on a laissez-faire uh system here Very as far casual. as I'm, yeah we're keeping yeah. it so casual keeping it so casual talking about um AIDS crisis art and uh transitioning it's, and it's a two-person DAO we're just both operating <laughs> independently and yeah it's just 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 ship it just ship it no matter Send what the fucking and, product you know, Minimum and minimum viable product. We are the minimum viable. Fuck! Damn it! We should have viable podcast. <laughs> are you kidding me? We need. To, I need to get some bullshit historical minimum. Which I will. I I have to point out because people were looking at me when I did the carnation when I did the carnation interview and they were like, "What the fuck is Kitsune's podcast?" Well, I, I like I know he has a podcast, but that's its name. I, yeah, like, I, I, okay, I, like I was. I, <laughs> is, it, is this the pivot point? Are are you rebranding, or how are we? We can't. I can't <laughs> do another rebrand. Just to be clear, and I like I got actually some cool messages from like three people about the name, but that is so, God. Maybe that's just the description. Uh, I'm so I'm like in physical agony i'm like angry i'm angry at me i'm angry at you like i'm, I'm just i'm like i'm fucking furious i like that is so good <sighs> well okay let's let's see if we can put a salve on the wound because though so everyone podcast but... is over um we're gonna do a new podcast okay, so it looks like a couple different minimum viable podcasts okay see so fuck you guys i was original See, so uh, the salve on the wound get up, is uh, get up off my page. Stop talking. Yeah. yeah, listen, I did something original. Okay, I stole the name of a rice exchange from the 1600s. Okay, <laughs> listen, I did the same thing I always do, which is appropriate Japanese historical culture. It's not an easy job, but I have to do it. 
I wonder how much of that we should cut. Now I'm just like, now I'm just riffing. I, tr I, I put my seat back a little. Probably put some of that in like the intro, like the bit of a Bible. Now we have to rebrand. That is yeah. exactly where that's going. Oh yeah, you should come out as like very pro uh, Charlotte Fang on this. Like you should just have like a really controversial opinion or be like, I think it's good. I think it's actually good that um, Yuga Labs is buying everything. You should just have like a really oh like controversial opinion. A very spicy thing. Yeah. I mean, specifically with the Milady thing, I, I, I felt bad on the Carnation one because at, I, I didn't know enough. Um, I didn't know enough to, I, I feel like I downplayed. I was like, oh, you know, some weird ideology yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's you like know, a legitimate, so like, anorexia cult saying the slang slurs. I should have looked into that more, and I did not. Yeah, I'm going to keep it, like, very real with you. I definitely did not do what I would describe as a lot of due diligence when I just blasted off a tweet like, I don't care. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that stuff is also like ground down into the ground. You know, it's like it, every hot take imaginable on that has been made. And, um, you know, there is just no, yeah, we're not going to say shit. We're not going to say anything. I also don't want to get like a pipe bomb sent to me by a fucking lady. And I say that. With, oh, okay. Perhaps I will provide though a slightly spicy, here we take, are. which is, I think with the miladies, a lot of the takedowns, a lot of the analysis, a lot of the anti was rightful. For sure. But I can't help but think there is su there is a very subtle degree of virtue signaling oh, with people who are like... Oh, V, V, Diggle, yeah. For, I mean, come on, folks. I, mean, I, I, I want to say it's obvious, you know, do it... Yes, I know, great, you're burning your milady. Fantastic. I, well, I mean... Like, it's like the 90th you on the timeline about it i think we get the point Good for you fucking don't like you uh, you know like yeah i mean there's a, a degree of and and you know i we do a little virtue signaling around here certainly when what was my man's name brantley um came out as being what i can only describe as some type of like medieval ages style christian um devoutly yeah, yeah. i did <sighs> a lot i definitely got i i maybe went a little hard on my uh virtue signaling you know which i can own up to but like at the, in this one i was like man it's a fucking like weird nft that spawned a life of it look we got to see motherfucking jepson and Dunebug fall in love okay and you want to burn these you right, want to burn yeah, these it's... when two hot people <laughs> fell in love how dare you it's like don't you know and and, and it was it, it was definitely shocking in the sense of I'm looking at this and I'm like, and I'm looking at the people who own Malays and I'm like, these are this Venn diagram. These are two separate circles. These, these do, these, these do, do not, not compute. There is so it, it, the community just took on a life of its, its own. And that's like the whole point, right? Is like this, if this whole thing, and, and we've seen this happen in like DAOs or projects, protocols where things get fucked up before, um, you know, the, the community steps up. But I'm like, really, how can you look at the, the people who are very vocally milady and like, I will say milady to the core and be like, yes, these people are condoning like r racist uh, weirdo chats. No, they, yeah, they like no. these things that look like they got printed in a Shibuya photo booth in the 1990s, right? Like it, this isn't, it, conflating them is rough. Now, yeah. when the reckoning comes from Bored Apes in whatever that looks like, 
fingers crossed, I will absolutely be virtue signaling. I will be like, this is unacceptable. How dare you? Yeah. I mean, even, well, I guess I'd even add a thing. I remember a Twitter space saying, all I saw was the headline was like, are board apes racist? And I was like, I closed Twitter. I went outside and touched grass. I was like, I don't want to touch. Yeah, exactly. Which, well, great. Um, Now someone's going to call us ableist for saying touch grass. (laughs) And, and it brought up a point that I, I couldn't help but think about uh, is uh, because we touched briefly on like the whole death of the author separating art from artist. And I posed this as a problem, which is is solvable in a sense of it depends on the platform but i was like okay the ladies can take the community take the community back or they can sell you know sell the ladies right, like but if you do you're giving royalties to the team still so that's i don't know that that's the best course of action how do you you got to decide to what extent that? you want to be um up in arms that day um yeah and and, and you know like certainly the death of the edgelord 4chan culture, or like at least its remission, I think is good for the world overall. But I think we are engaging in a dangerous game of naivete to be like, those those group chats are in any way exceptional. You know what I mean? Like they're any in any way singular. Have you ever talked to a 14 year old boy on Xbox Live? Have you ever been in a COD <laughs> lobby? Like, the, the, uh, like the, the hateful, like weirdo, edgy rhetoric will always be out there. And, and I find it like, this is not the, the end all. Shit, I feel like I'm tiptoeing up to a line to get canceled, but this is not so out of the bounds of imagination that it, it negates, no, yeah. it negates the community. People, it kind and so there is a sense of inter- cautioning people, but also people having to come in with that sense of awareness, you know, which is the yeah. same as type of community. You have the the good and the bad. Well, and it's- NFTs are even more in a stage of like being gullible like that because people are still kind of like this team is just trying to make like our art, and we're all going to make money. It's like. Mm. You can think that if you want, but I, I guarantee you, at the very minimum, most of these teams are devoted to profit, and and most of these teams are probably not led by paragons of fucking humanity. Right. Skep- a healthy amount of skepticism, you know. Yeah, I mean, that could be the ca- fucking... Ca- or perhaps, as I like to do it, um, cautious optimism. People could Because like, I'm a naive it. sucker. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, I'll I I will fall for one of those easily. I I feel like yeah. I, I yeah, I'm I'm a prime target for for like fishing or something like that just because I'm genuinely like a credulous person who wants the best in people. Um which goes back to the whole, you know, like trying to find your place purpose, people taking advantage of you. You you it's just you know, a, a perfect an opportunity. I can be useful. Right. I mean, that is and the danger. Yeah, that's a real danger. The danger to wanting to be, you know, a participant in something special. I mean, you know, earlier when I said I'm describing a perfect cult, I mean, like that is, you know, like that feeling that is a very intoxicating and, 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 uh, you know, intense experience. And and I feel like people will fall for it. I I honestly feel like you can, if you go into like coin market cap, uh, like comments under coins, you can see people that have kind of engaged in that kind of credulous thinking and are suffering for it. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, it, as much as like you, 
you know, may the buyer beware, code is all whatever, whatever, like Dark Four is serious. It's like, no, the, the vast amount of people are going to justify to themselves to be like, I am, I'm actually doing something good and special. And the person who's leading this is good and special. Co-opting that as part of their identity. And you can flip that too. go back to Milady's yep. like, Am I looking at am am I looking at a Milady PFP profile picture and thinking that person obviously associates right. with Charlotte and everything? No, no, of course no. not. But you you have people that will completely, and so there's definitely and and it's not a point necessarily of gloat, but there's definitely an advantage of not having a an NFT PFP or a stereotypical. Username be gone, or, gone hexagon. Yeah, right, right. You can you can kind of for having that type of forming like forming your own full path and not being so susceptible. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what the right balance is because you know if you do believe in something, there's no shame in repping it. Yeah, but, I think that's that's that is like the middle ground to get to. I I also think at a at a certain point. Um, you know, I, I think a lot about this. this is like a really out there quote, but like um, Ian McShane, the actor, like spoiled an episode of Game of Thrones that he was on, and people got mad at him. And in an interview, he just said, "Man, it's it's just tits and dragons. Like at the end of the day, it's just like these are speculative JPEGs. You know what I mean? It's, right. At the end of the day, everybody, chill out. You are not a person. You are not soul bound." to this this thing you've purchased like this is not this it's not it's not that serious there are aspects of the things that are that serious financial freedom financial independence inclusivity um fighting like bigotry those are all serious things but like mm -hmm. you know your your nft is not i mean devil's advocate slight counterpoint since we talked about the emotional connection i mean not that I'm going to make the case that that's possible with board apes or, you know, derivative PFPs. Right. I'm, I'm, I guess I would say it's impossible, but kind of highly unlikely. I mean, but, there's the rich, the Richard thing, right? Like I am, I am my punk. Why I turned down, you know, X, whatever that, that copy pasta. Right. Yeah. Like, sure. I think really, if we got down to the core that a person isn't like, I actually am ape number three, eight, two, seven. I think it's more like right. I really like that this thing is worth a lot of money. Yeah. Um, although to, some of it can also. I mean, are you some. <laughs> sorry. No, go ahead. Right. No, no, no. After you. I'm just gonna. I mean, some of that you can also like. It's a. It's becoming off of a meme that people. Um, you know, you're in it for the fun, the humor, and the community. I am my tubby, and my, my tubby, tubby is me. me. Lady, which mm, maybe don't go around saying that one anymore. No one's not be well. The only but, person who really gets away with that is Lawrence, who now has such like a doctored one that is like so I, yeah. out there. Which I mean, is the other solution. I mean, yeah, as someone who's not like an NFT buyer or feels like I, I feel attached to like you know the the honoraries that I've received that are like of my like avatar i'm attached to in the sense of like i think that's cool but yeah like i mean feeling like an intrinsic attachment to it feels silly and i also think it's disingenuous i think it's disingenuous in the same way that bag holders have this like worshipful nature towards like oh, i'm not going to sell until this i'm like well then you're a sucker you are my exit liquidity you are you have not maintained 
uh, you know, rationality. It's hard being someone who oh. in the past was emotionally attached to Come banks. <laughs> you and I are this. You and I are the same way on this. I, I'm sure everyone is. You know, um, look, some some of us here maybe bought Cope at eight dollars. You know what I mean? Ugh. Like some of us maybe uh. some of us maybe did that and and have to look in the mirror and confront themselves and go, "I am my Cope. My Cope is me." Yes. Um, Look in the mirror. Put on the clown makeup. I, I mean, you know, that me is truly. <laughs> um, just in the interest of time, uh, to get to to some lightning round questions for you. Sure. Um, sure. We kind of already touched on like your your where your your purpose unknown username came from, but the origin behind like the moniker V. Is there like a story there that you feel comfortable sharing? Ooh. Uh, so. I both genuinely have an idea and don't know. That's a great I, uh, answer. So I'm going to, um, so V would be the step from being anonymous to pseudonymous mm -hmm. because I am not legally named V, but I plan to be at some point in the future, just a combination of both paperwork and laziness. Uh, but um, I, I, I came up with a different name because it was a, a different transition name. And then found out my previous choice was a name of a cousin that lived in town. I was like, oh, that could be awkward. That's so awesome. Uh, and then V, I just, I don't know. It's like, all right, it's spawned out of nowhere. It's a letter. It's fantastic. And I was like, wait a minute. V for Vendetta, which I've, which I've watched. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077's sure. main yeah, character yeah. with V. So I was like, did I subconsciously co-opt it? Yeah. Did you ameliorate I, those? Right, yeah, I I will never know for sure, but it just kind of, it just kind of stuck. I was just on a personal note. It's very hard not to do like cyberpunk uh, quotes to you every time we talk, and just like Johnny Silverhand voice, um, because like it is so, it's like so right there is is to do like V references. Yeah, uh, well, you know, uh, and and it's kind of funny fitting too because big into VR, I uh, named oh, my yeah, PC okay. the VR machine, sure. you know, so I can, I can lean into that stick a bit. I will say, uh, uh, tangentially, I have not, never played Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, I'd like to, I should at some point. Yeah, it's but... good now. It's better than it was. It's yeah. mainly cool because you get to hang out with Keanu Reeves. Uh, the entire That's time. big, big Matrix fan. Actually, yeah. for you, like the idea of like, you know, playing through the game, I'm like, okay, I'm this character named V. You kind of could just play that game and be like, that is, they're talking to me. My friend Keanu Reeves is talking to me and using my name. Oh, so personal. I could just, the immersion is yeah, there. They, but it wouldn't be VR, so it wouldn't. Thank you, immersion. You um, who is uh, who is your favorite poster on twitter.com? Favorite poster? Ooh. Um, like, who do you see and you're like, like dropping a, a tweet and you're just like, your face lights up? Who's like on your notifications? Oh, I mean, there's, uh, there's, there's a spirit, there, there's the spirit of like, they're really, they're positive and nice people that I want to support and boost in the space. So I would say, I, I think, especially in like the NFT art scene, like Ethereum Chan, yeah. I really like, I, I, I want to boost them and support them in their artworks. Um, there's a tubby cat artist, Peritrago, who has really cute stuff. And I've animated one or two of their pieces. I really like them. It's just, it's not so much people not necessarily like appreciate 
uh, God, be careful how I say that. Like, I do, I do appreciate them, but people that I, again, with the whole, like, the, I think these are good people in the space sure. and I want to support them however I can. So. That's a good answer. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite anime? Do I have a, oh, do I have a favorite anime? Um, mm. I'll be honest. I, I, I read much more manga than oh, I watch anime, but I, I mean, hit me with the favorite manga. We can go there as well. Oh, I mean, I, there are countless like trashy romance mangas I would read as a teenager and reading now. And I don't, I, you could I just say Oren high school host club and everybody would be nodding and smiling. I'd probably say fruits basket. There you go. So if yeah, I wish in right in the same a healthy solid pick for me it's uh just 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 that has a has a very sweet kind of charm to it that i liked yeah i mean i was i feel like in my head i was like it's either going to be like one of those answers or it's going to be like some really like deep horrifying cut like you're like yeah my favorite is my favorite is freesia and i like the point part where people are throwing up and getting shot Oh, Incidentally, God. that is my favorite manga. But... <laughs> nice. Um, do you have any uh, like plugs, uh, things you're working on, things that you want to spread or boost some wider attention to? Uh, well, I want to boost the podcast. Oh, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, we want to boost this podcast, folks. If you could, if you guys could listen to the podcast, it's cool saying yeah, that at right. the end, um, like yeah. assuming somebody hasn't listened to the entire thing. If you guys could really listen to this podcast. Yeah. Um, things I want to plug or boost. I mean, I am working on slowly some more NFTs in my collection. Um, I probably, let's see, probably do a brief plug for, uh, there's an NFT project I animate for Lizard Lab NFT. Uh, they're coming out with some sort of Web3 game experience soon, trademark. Uh, so just, and they, you know, they're, they're, they're letting me animate their stuff and I have fun doing it. Um, what else? Who do I want to plug or what, what do I want to plug? Actually, can I, can I do a, a personal, <laughs> can I do a personal plug shout out? Thank you type yeah, of yeah, thing. Of course. So um, in this whole transition identity forming process, um, I, you know, and the markets being what they are in turmoil and stuff, I was, definitely struggling a lot emotionally earlier this year. And I, I want to thank someone who, cause I, I didn't like, you know, I'm not the type of like super negative emotional vomit all over the timeline, but I was posting like, oh, I'm kind of struggling and things are not going well. And, and I want to um, thank Sam CZ son for being one of the few people who actually reached out in DMS and was like, I, I, see you, I recognize you, I want to support you and make sure you're okay. Uh, someone, someone who, you know, just, it was just a very personal and positive interaction. Uh, and I don't think I give him enough thanks for it, for kind of helping me through a dark time. And, and, and I want to tie that briefly back to the whole, like, we're all people here. Yeah. We're, we're all people at the end of the day. So I don't, you know, I definitely don't want people to feel intimidated by some of these figures because we're all, we're all human and we just want to connect and help each other and, and have a good time. 
But that is maybe yeah. the like most uh, like genuine shout out that we've had on the pod. Um, and it honestly got me a little choked up. Oh, um, I'm trying not to let tears then to transition it back into being the person who I am. Uh, Sam, please come on the podcast anytime. We would love it. <laughs> absolutely love to have you. Oh, shameless, shameless. Yes, just Sam, if you, yeah, you know, thank you for helping V and everything, but we got to get these numbers up, buddy. We got to get a little bit more, you know, get a little bit of the spotlight. So if you want to step uh, up, you know, who's, who else is struggling? Your friend Kitsune with, with downloads and streams. So, you know, I, no, not, no, jokes aside, like that is very kind. And, and, you know, we have kind of talked about this before, but, um, Sam definitely seems like one of those, those, uh, you know, uh, not the, the hero we deserve, but the, or the hero we deserve and the hero we need, like he is like this great, like a, a godsend. So that just to further yes. cement that, um, reputation of being a wonderful person. Yeah. And just not in a sense of, you know, idolizing or, or that type of thing. He's, he's sincerely a very, a very, a very kind guy. I'm going to keep idolizing him. I don't care what you say. I'm going to keep idolizing <laughs> I'm going to keep commissioning the dujins of him as Sherlock Holmes and me as Watson. Just straight simping. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 We do a little simping on the pod. Uh, sim, 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 sim. Just that's a good way to end. Just whisper sim, 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 sim. Um, well, V, I appreciate you coming on today. I, you know, I, I actually, I, owe you a great deal of thanks also for stepping in last week while I was traveling and, and for doing all of the, for people who don't know, V does uh, all of the transcription and our, our snippets and, and posts on social media and, and is like the, really the driving force now for why I want to make the podcast good because it is, you know, very, it's, it used to just be like, well, it's just me. And now I'm like, well, my friend V is here. I don't, I, I can't let this, we can't let this one flop. So, um, Oh. I really, I, I appreciate you, you know, having a very open and, and candid conversation with me and, uh, yeah, like it's, it's been great talking with you and, um, and yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Uh, again, the whole impetus, you put it out, you put out a call for help and I was like, this is someone I think that is a good person and bringing value to the space and I want to help. You hear that? You hear so, that? You pieces so. of shit. I'm a good person. Okay. You hear that? I'm a good person. I'm good for the world. All right. Let's let it. Let's right, well, I'm going to go back and go to the podcast episodes and describe them like, wow, kids know. What are you? <laughs> um, for everyone at home, thank you so much for listening. Um, as always, if you like the podcast, uh, please like, subscribe. Uh, if, if you can leave a review, I learned recently that reviews are very important in, in getting your podcast noticed, uh, share it. Um, and a kind of call to action that we, we made in a little snippet that we recorded before this. Um, if you have a story, uh, no story is inconsequential or irrelevant or small. Every story is, uh, beautiful and informative and worthwhile. And we would love to give you the platform and opportunity to share it. So, um, if, if you want to share your own, uh, origin story, your tale, what you think about, the things that are important to you, um, please reach out to us uh, and, and we would love to talk to you. Um, and until then, uh, have a good night. Enjoy. And we'll talk to you next time. Take care.
叫ぶ時はもう一度あの空を見たい。